guess I'll let you do the intro this time since. Uh, yeah, I mean, technically, you're the guest today. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the Man Cake Podcast, where I, you know, run the show by myself, solo dolo. <laughs> Uh, and I have two guests here today because um, we're going to be talking about buying houses, the money buying process. How easy or difficult can it be uh, when somebody says, I want to buy a house all the way to, hey, I just got a house. What's in between that? All right. <laughs> um, so we got uh, a, a realtor here. You guys might know Larry from previous episode. He's been on here a couple times. I'm only half of the damn show. So, yeah, I guess. <laughs> and we have a new guest who uh, is a broker. Um, so I'm going to first have Larry introduce himself. Tell us a little bit about what he does. Um, and then we'll get over to you. Go ahead, Larry. Well, besides the fact that I'm the, the brain and the brawn of the operation over here at the Man Cave Podcast, uh, I am also a licensed realtor here in the state of Pennsylvania. My team does operate in New Jersey and Delaware as well. Some parts of New York, depending on where you want to go. Been in the business for six years and, um, you know, I'm pretty, pretty sharp at what I do. I don't really have like a specialty area. I like to service people wherever they're trying to get to and I'm able to do that. And I like to consider myself um, highly qualified, educated, and I'm just a people person, you know? I Would like, other people like agree to, with that? Probably not. Yes, probably <laughs> not. But, uh, you know, no comment, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I have great reviews. I have, you know, wonderful clients, things like that. So if you want to check me out on Instagram or Google, whatever, please do. Awesome. All right. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, Alex Taverney. I'm with uh, Green Tree Mortgage. Uh, been working with Larry for six of his years that yeah. he's been in the business. So, um, licensed in New Jersey, uh, PA. Uh, started 25 years ago myself. So I'm an wow. old man. He's got you beat with those silly six yeah, years, right? <laughs> <laughs> 25 years is a long time, yeah. but uh, I try to uh, pride myself on still going strong. Yeah. Um, you know, we uh, work hard um, in this business. It, it takes a lot of uh, persistence in order to get what we want. And, uh, you know, I, I think that um, with being in the business this long, I feel like more of a mentor now than anything. Uh, with newer loan officers that are coming in, I have a lot of knowledge that I try to give to everyone that I run into. Um, and I'm, I'm happy where I'm at. I, uh, you know, every day I come in, um, start my job like it's a new day. I don't let anything get to me, right, in this business. We try to go with a clear head yeah. uh, and uh, still rolling along. So, And uh, when I came up with the idea for the episode where I told Larry that I wanted to take a, di a deep dive into the home buying process and kind of highlight some of Larry's skills as a realtor, <laughs> um, <laughs> the first thing he said was that he was going to bring you on. Okay. Right? Awesome. Because um, I guess a realtor and a broker kind of go hand in hand. Right. So I just want to get a deeper dive into why that is. Sure. So I guess I'll speak to, you know, my my point of view, and then Alex can kind of, like, go further into what, what it is that he does and why he needs to do it. Okay. So <clears throat> ideally, when people want to buy a house, I like to tell them, the first thing they need to do is have a consultation with me. And in that consultation, we're going to figure out what it is that you're hoping to achieve, what's realistic based on your situation, and then we're going to try to find fine tooth and nail, you know, go through everything um, that you 
potentially want to do with the property that you're buying, whether you're going to get like a single family, a multifamily, whatever. And then we're going to pinpoint an area for you and your family to move to. But you can't do all that with me, you know, so I can I can sit here and talk to your blue in the face and I can show you every property in the, in the state of Pennsylvania. But without a pre-approval letter, you're not going to buy anything. And unless you have cash and it's very rare that people are going to walk into a room and, you know, want to pay cash for property. I mean, it's not super rare, but it's it's like definitely not the bulk of the business. Most people are taking out loans. So that's why I asked Alex to join, because. He and I are like Batman and Robin. Of course, I'm Batman. Uh, <laughs> we'll let him talk, right? We'll let him talk, right? It's not my turn yet. <laughs> but yeah, so when people come to me, you know, they want to buy a house, they need the financing. And that's what a loan officer, a mortgage broker does. They provide the funding for the property. Okay. Am I, that that is yeah, right on the money. Uh, okay. Right on the money. All right, Robin, your turn. Uh, you know, so listen, a, a realtor and a loan officer work as a team. Right. There's no one that's better than the other, because if you don't have one guy, then you don't have the other. All right. So some of my best realtors are friends like Larry. Right. I don't look at them just like, a, oh, well, he's just another realtor that I'm just trying to get business from. You, you, you really you need one and the other. Right. He's the guy that goes out on the front line every day and uh, gets the, the clients and, and, you know, shows them houses at, at crazy times. <laughs> right. Eight o'clock at night or on the weekend or whatever it is. And I got to be the guy that is available for him when that client needs that approval in order to make an offer, right? So so there's a lot of things that go on. It's it's a lot of teamwork. Um, and if you don't have one, then you don't have the other, right? So, uh, you know, Robin does a lot too, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> But you need Batman to, to get out there and, and make it happen. Like he's the guy that originates and, and generates the people and then they'll come to me and do the pre-approval and then I'll get them back to him fully verified, right? Not just a piece of paper that says you're pre-approved. An actual letter that says, I checked these people out, looked at their credit, looked at their income, you know, went, put them through underwriting. Uh, I have a processor that's with me for uh, 15 years. She scrubs them completely, makes sure that they're clean. And then I get them back to him. And he knows if he's making an offer on a property, we're going to go to closing. Yep. So now, do the people or the clients ever speak to you directly or is you, are you the middleman for the communication between that? Like, how does that work? I'm glad you asked that actually. Uh, for a large part of my business, I was trying to do a large part of Alex's job, which is answering questions about financing, blah, blah, blah. And for realtors who are just getting into the business, yes, you should have knowledge of how loans and things work. You should be able to calculate, you know, roughly how much a person is going to spend or need to bring to closing. However, that is what Alex is for. That's what a loan office is for. They're supposed to handle the money. So as a realtor, we wear a bunch of different hats. Like, you know, we have to go into the house. Oh, this is leaking. What is this for? Oh, this doorknob is broken. Do you think it can be fixed? So they expect us to be contractors. They expect us to be inspectors yeah. and loan officers at the end of the day. But I always, always tell people, <clears throat> excuse me, that you want to work with a loan officer you're comfortable with, that knows what they're doing, and that answers the phone. And you're not going to get that anywhere else with other than with a local loan officer. So a lot of these people lately are going on like online banks like Rocket Mortgage and yeah. Quicken and all you know these things because you can sit on credit karma and say, oh, your credit score is at 820 right. when it's really like a 670. And they can click to apply for a mortgage. So the, the issue with that is these places, number one, you don't know these people. You, you're probably never going to see them in your life. Everything's over the phone 
over the phone or through email or whatever. They have no skin in the game. You can't walk and knock on their door and get a, a question a question answered. But somebody like Alex, he's local. He lives here. He works here. You can call him. You can meet up with him, whatever, if you don't understand something. So I always tell people, work with somebody who's going to answer the damn phone and that you can feel comfortable asking them questions because that's his job. Sure. Yeah, I mean, to, to pony off of that, my biggest thing is work with a local loan officer, right? So, you know, everything that I post on Facebook, uh, on Instagram, whatever social media site, every email that I'll put out to my realtors, which I send a, a weekly email out with, uh, you know, program updates and things like that. Um, you know, it's about working local, right? Um, you don't want to go online and pick a realtor or a loan officer online who you can never get a hold of. Yeah. especially when you're buying a house and it's the market's moving so fast, yeah. you know, where there's 20 bids on the house and you're trying to get this guy who's in Minnesota yeah. or California, yep. right? Three Versus hours behind. Three hours behind yeah. who never answers the phone. They only go through email, mm-hmm. right? So you got to be able to have a guy who's ready to go, like Larry said, who's local, who will come to the closing, make sure it goes smooth, uh, you know, meet with your people if they need to be met with, can talk to the underwriter one-on-one because they're local right here too. Everything has to be, you know, if, if you're lending in Philadelphia, you want a loan officer in Philadelphia. If you're lending in New Jersey, you try to want a lender that's there, local, that, that you can work with, mm-hmm. you know, so um, because that can make or break the deal. I see a lot of realtors like himself who don't accept pre-approval letters yeah. from out-of-state lenders. Right. So it could be 20 bids on the house and they see that this letters from, you know, Rocket Mortgage in, in Chicago versus Alex Tabernay with Green Tree Mortgage in Philadelphia. They're going to take our offer because we're local. Yeah. And yeah. if they need to get in contact with you, it's not going to be a struggle. It's not gonna right. Be right. They're going to know they can get me. And people yeah. I don't think people realize how important relationships are, especially in this business. If there's a buyer for a property that I'm selling and Alex is the loan officer. I can I can trust that Alex has already screened this person. He's looked at all their finances. He knows that their credit is good. He's done his due diligence. So I feel confident accepting his offer. The flip side is that you accept somebody from like a rocket mortgage or something. Now, let's say we're selling your house. You've got to be to, let's say, Los Angeles in three weeks. Mm-hmm. So like, I need somebody solid who's going to close because I got to get out of here. I'm starting a new job. My kid's going to the new school. I don't have time to play around. Yeah. I accept this this faulty offer, and we can't get a hold of the loan officer. Nobody knows what's happening. There's money essentially being tied up now because you're holding a deposit for the buyer, and it just drags on, and you cannot make a move because, number one, there's contractual guidelines. So they have, a, like, a window to be able to fulfill certain for certain guidelines or um, certain contingencies within the, within the offer, and as long as they are within that within those guidelines within those dates, you can't necessarily say, "Oh, well, let's get out of the contract." So, and, that, and that's that's a that's a huge thing for people to to be conscious of. Like, you don't want to just accept any offer. Have somebody you know can do the job, or if they can't do the job, you go find them and find out what the hell is going on and get them to somebody else who does. Yeah. Yeah. Can you, either one of you, uh, tell me about a time? I mean, I know we kind of experienced it together when I was purchasing the house. Yeah. Where uh, we ended up using a broker that was recommended by somebody else, yeah. use this person, and not person that you suggested. Yeah. And it caused complications. Exactly. You didn't have a relationship with this person. And it did take multiple attempts to get answers. Um, but I don't really remember what... what the issues. I know he was doing some like unnecessary things, yeah. checking uh, 
information that he shouldn't really be looking into causing, making me to jump a separate hoop that, you know, I wouldn't have had to do had right. he just stopped digging and did what he needed to do and just kept it moving. Yeah. Outside of that, though, what other, like, problems did he cause? Sure. Because I, I feel like you took a blunt of it. And I, you know, I didn't really know what was going on. Yeah. Larry was like, oh, this guy's kind of fucking it up. This guy's yeah. doing too <laughs> yeah. much. This guy's yeah. not doing enough. Right. And that's all I really knew. I didn't know what the problem actually was yeah. with the broker. And if you could just like share it, sure. that information and why was it so like. Sure. So I'll make it simple. So when you and your wife were buying property, um, I remind me, was she. Was she like the primary mm-hmm. and you were like kind of like a co-applicant? Yeah. Because what, your credit wasn't strong enough yeah. at the time or yeah, something? Yeah. Okay. So right then and there, like he, he should have took another step. He should have seen like, okay, if we if we have them applying together, what kind of things are going to come up? And he should have asked you more like deeper questions because one of the issues we've, we ran into was your name and your dad, you guys shared a, shared a similar name. Yeah. So, you know, they're going to whenever... Um, you're buying a property, title company runs basically like a background check and they're going to see like, oh, does this debt belong to you? Or, you know, they look at simple things like that. And um, because your your father owned property, they were potentially looking at that as debt that you may have, own, have owed uh, because you guys had the same name, mm-hmm. but it wasn't sure. So you didn't have to worry about that. Yeah. Um, th- one of the other issues that we had, um, was that he didn't know what the hell he was doing. <laughs> like, Which we, we see a lot. Yeah. We see a lot, right? He, he didn't know what the hell he was doing. Right. So we get to closing. Yeah. And um, now, did he come to the closing? Of course not. Okay. And then, of course, he didn't answer the phone for like 45 minutes. Settlement was supposed to be like, what, like two or yeah. three? We were there until like 6 30. This, this is typical, though. Yeah. You know, what, what you see. So, and, you know. and it's nonsense. So um, they. He under, I think he underestimated um, or didn't take into account the taxes in the property, which kind of tells me, that. Yeah, yeah, which, yeah, which tells me he wasn't familiar with the market mm-hmm. because they were buying in Upper Darby. So he didn't verify the property taxes? I don't or, believe so. Because and so payment, when they added it in, they had a problem. The, the payment jumped by like another three or $400, yeah. right? Yep, 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 yep. That's, yeah. That, I mean, the, the problem there is inexperience, number one. Uh, you're not doing your job up front. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have a good processor. Uh, you don't have a good company, right? So I hate to say that. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I hate to be that blonde, but that's really what it's about. I mean, you that shouldn't happen. Yeah. Like, you know, property taxes, you know, first thing. When, yeah. when, a, when you go under contract, the first thing that we do is verify property taxes and homeowner's insurance, which I'm sure you got. Yeah. So you know what it's going to be. If, if that's just popping up the day of closing where they find out, oh, well, you know, we didn't know the property taxes were $300 higher than what they were. What were we doing for the last 30 days? Exactly. Did anybody verify anything? No. And now you got to call the borrower yourself yeah. buying your first home, I'm sure, right? Yeah. And a bad experience makes him look bad because then they're going to say, well, you were the realtor. You should have known something was going on. And everybody gets blamed yeah. for a sloppy job that was done up front. Mm-hmm. Exactly. These are the things, what I mean about being experienced and local. So, you know, that was your experience with a bad broker. Yeah. Can you share an experience where you had a bad realtor and what kind of problems did they cause? Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> how much time have we got? Let me see. And please, <laughs> you know, drop names. Yeah, yeah, no. exactly. I mean, yeah. Where are we getting, KW? Okay. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, all right, so we're gonna we're gonna make it short on that one. So we, uh, you know, because my business is real, and I'm trying to make relationships of with course. them, right? So, uh, you know, listen, I deal with a lot of realtors. Um, we we get a lot of deals over the years that I've done. Uh, we, um, I think, the worst things that I see on a realtor side is communication with the loan officer, yeah. and and that goes back to team. You know, they don't answer their phone. Uh, they don't, uh, you know, they hand me a contract and then I don't hear for them for 30 days. <laughs> right. So just close this guy, you know, have, yeah. have a nice day out. Yeah. Your job's to close him. I'll see you on the 30th of the month to, to basically, I hate to say, collect my check. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and there may be problems during the process. Listen, no process is perfect. There's going to be issues with appraisals and, and, uh, you know, this popped up order may be, and I need to talk to him. Right. And I need to talk to that realtor. And I think the worst experiences I've seen are they don't want to talk mm. or when you do get them on the phone, they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> right. So like yeah, your job is to know that uh, what to, to help me out. We need an addendum signed. OK, mm-hmm. uh, we need a they don't know how to put together an addendum. Um, you know, they, we need uh, things like that, yeah. which I see all the time that it's just inexperience. You know, and if, if you're going to be a realtor and assume a $400,000 deal, which you're going to make good money on. Yeah. You better know your stuff. Yeah. Right. And, uh, that leaves a horrible experience because you don't want me going to closing looking great as the mortgage guy. Yeah. And we're putting down the realtor yeah. who they should really look like the King. And we just assisted them to get to closing and they should be the one that's the shining light. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. so that's a uh, inexperience. And, you know, and the thing so. I see a lot just as being a realtor is people stepping on your toes, basically, like like what you were talking about earlier, like, oh, yeah, go ahead and apply for the furniture loan. Or Yeah, yeah I was just going to bring yeah, that yeah, up, yeah. too. Oh, so. You know, we're, we're clear to close, so you can go and apply for that BMW that you were talking right. about 30 days ago. Yeah, like, that's, a, no. that's, a, that's a terrible situation where, you know, the week of closing, you know, if someone's asking you that can they buy a car mm-hmm. or buy furniture or jewelry or I'm getting married and I want to buy my engagement ring, which I've gotten, you know, uh, not this week, right? So <laughs> any other week, but yeah. this week. Well, my realtor told me that we're clear to close. So, uh, no, yeah. you know, there's places where the realtor should stick their noses and there's places. I always say we do the financing, they sell the houses and it works better that way. But once they start putting their noses yeah. into financing, it could get sloppy. And then I have to put that person in their place and say, no, you can't buy it. And then I look like the bad guy. Bad guy. You know? Now, so, what exactly happens on your end, when you have the, the the deal, you know, closing this week, mm-hmm. and they're purchasing a house, and they do buy a car, like yeah, what so, exactly yeah. happens that stops them from right. getting the house? Well, what happens first is I get a, I get a bad stomach. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I start feeling really sick, right? So then I get over that after fifteen minutes, and then, <laughs> and then I say we have a problem, right? Mm-hmm. So. I don't know why you went and bought a car. We've been telling you all along, don't buy anything until you close, right? But a lot of people don't listen. And people you know, don't um, know that either. Like when I when we made the decision, me and my wife, to buy the house, and it, we started that process. Yeah. Larry was like, "Yeah, you can't do nothing major." It's good that he told you that. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, to. "I was like, really?" Yeah. Uh, Probably know, didn't believe it. It's just I didn't know why. I didn't understand right. it. I was like. It's it, it. Why would that stop yeah. the house buying process? So once we once we count that against you, right? So that car that you bought, that shiny new car that's sitting in the parking lot now, and we can't close because you have it out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's, it's just the worst thing. Yeah, you don't qualify with it, right? So we added that five hundred dollar a month uh, car payment in, and now you don't qualify. 
right? So that's a problem. And now we may make you take that car back, you know, which you have that 30-day window sometimes with these car dealers to bring them back, Mm -hmm. right? So you have to bring it back, you know, turn it in, get all your money back, prove to us that you turned in the car, and then we can come back to close it. So the the term is debt to income, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're making X amount of dollars, but you owe Y, the loan officer's job is to look and see if – like you're in the green. Like, are you making much more money than where you, you are can spending? afford this loan? Right, and pay front. it back. Like, yeah, exactly. It's all about do- It's about making sense when the bank size to make sure that you okay. can make the mortgage payment. Right, yeah. your ability to pay the mortgage back is what they care about. And if you're adding debts on the week of closing, it doesn't look that, good. It doesn't look good. <laughs> right. Do that stuff after closing. Mm-hmm. You know. So, all right. all right. So, what are some things that a person needs to know before they? make a decision to buy a house. Yeah. Like what do they need? Cause I know uh, one thing that I did for myself and this was before I even had contacted you that I wanted to get a house is I just, I knew I had debt that I had to take care of, you know, unpaid credit card bills. I had a loan uh, that was taken out under my name that I didn't take out. <laughs> <laughs> That's a problem. And <laughs> the person that took it out never paid it back. So that affected your credit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I made the conscious decision that I know I have to get rid of this yeah. before I start looking for a house because you're gonna you're gonna find it. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know we're gonna find out. Um, we find out everything. You know, I always when I go to close and I tell the person, we know your whole life story. Yeah, I mean when they told <laughs> we know me, everything. You like know, oh, so. send him your bank statement uh, for like last month and this month. I was like Jesus, all right. And then yeah. uh, a week went by. It was like you got to send another one. I was like, what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we, we I'm know. like, yo, I need to take cash out and buy what I'm yeah. buying in cash because yeah. this guy is seeing every yeah. little detail. Yeah. <laughs> and, and let me let me explain something. We don't go usually through every detail mm-hmm. of what you buy, right? You could go to Target and McDonald's and people get embarrassed to give me their bank statement because they you like that. This guy spent forty five dollars <laughs> on Taco Bell. I don't care, right? You you can do whatever you want to do, right? We don't. We're looking at deposits, mm-hmm. right? Cash deposits. We care about. You know, if you're dumping cash into your account, we want to know where it's coming from. Okay, okay, that's a big one. Why they keep looking at your bank statement. And they keep looking at your bank statement because you want to make sure you have enough money to close. Mm-hmm. That you're not going to Target and spending all your money. And then the week of closing, you come and you have no money to close. Yeah. We're supposed to be monitoring that to make sure that he doesn't uh, call me and say, well, what's going on? Why can't we close? Well, they have no money left. Well, then you see their bank statements. Mm-hmm. You know, So that's why we're constantly scrutinizing and making sure that you're staying in line. But not caring really what you're buying. Yeah. Just caring about making sure you get enough money. Yeah. You know, so. so outside of like, oh correcting my debt or making, you know, getting rid of it. Yeah. Is there anything else that a person should do before they contact a realtor about, Hey, I want to buy a house. Um, no. So usually, usually I kind of like go through all of that at the consultation, you know, like a, if they're not credit ready or they don't have the bank statements yet, you know, I talk about the other stuff. And that's honestly, that's one of the reasons why I started the credit repair companies because I kept running into people who carrying a lot of debt or it had some kind of like, debt against them that they didn't recognize or they didn't have and it wasn't theirs um, to help them dispute that kind of stuff and get ready for, for to buy a house. But I'll let Alex talk more about um, what they should be doing because I feel like that's where a lot of people run into the wall is like they don't have the, the bank statements and tax returns and things like that, right? Right. So many, a lot, most people come to me and want to do the pre-approval and, uh, you know, he'll give me the name and number to talk to them and then I'll get on the phone with them and find out, you know, what's going on. Usually they're blindsided a little bit on what I really need, mm-hmm. um, which you should be prepared because, you know, you should go online and do a little research, right? Yeah. I always say, you know, know what you're getting into. Um, 
we need your tax returns for the last two years, right? We need your W-2s for the last two years, bank statements for the last two months, pay stubs for one month, uh, a copy of your driver's license and make sure it's not expired. You know, so we, you know, I think that the big things that, that you should be doing up front, if you're going to buy a house, is make sure you have copies of your tax returns and W-2s. Make sure you know how to get your pay stubs. If you have to go online and get them, how do I go and get them? Uh, make sure you know how to get access to your bank statements. If you do it at a credit union and maybe they don't have online banking, you go to the bank and you have them print them out. Yeah. You know, things like that. I think people get blindsided and they're like, "I didn't know that." That you needed all of this, yeah. right? Yeah. And then they may complain to the realtor and say, "Well, because he's asking for all this stuff, and I think it's a little ridiculous." But that's yeah. anywhere you go. And you I know, think that's so. when it comes to like the realtor's experience at that point. Like if I'm feeling overwhelmed, like I don't know why he's asking for this. I didn't know he was going to be asking for all of this. Now I got to go find this paperwork yeah. and I got to go hunt this down. And if I just start complaining to Larry, Larry's been in that situation. He's going to talk to you. He's going to be like, yeah, you know, right. calm the person down. This is what I'm going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Would you give somebody $400,000? <laughs> Thank you. Without collateral. Right. No, you want their grandma, both their kids. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. We're giving you $400,000. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> like you. Like you have to expect there to be some hoops for you to jump through. Yeah, like of course. There's nowhere in the world you can go to and just get cash mm-hmm. and just do whatever you want. Yeah. Your uncle won't even loan you money without you washing his car or something. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. people people kill me with that. Like, oh, I'm so frustrated. Like the bank is asking me for this. this they don't that. need all of this. Right. Like, I'm doing them a f- No, yeah. I think. If somebody was asking me for paperwork to buy a house, I would just go get it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't question you because I know that's what you need mm-hmm. in order to buy a house. Right. I'm, I'm asking for 400000 like you said. So you need that. Right. So why am I fighting with you? Yeah. I, I think nowadays too many people are fighting with us. You know, mm-hmm. they're. Yeah. They don't, right? They don't want to get this. They don't want to get that. Now, why is he asking for my social security card? Why is he asking for, Where do you, you think know, that's coming from, that challenge? Uh, I think people go online and they read a lot of stuff about what they think they don't need. Yes. Right? Yes. And uh, online is never 100% accurate than talking <laughs> to an actual loan officer who does it all day, every day for the last 25 years. I'm telling you, we need it. We need it. You want this house, get it. Don't fight with us. Don't call Larry and say that Alex is it. No, just get it, and it will go smooth. I think the best people that I go to closing with listen to us from day one. They did what we said. They got it when we needed it, and they were at closing taking pictures with me, and they were the happiest ever. The people that were fighting the whole time, of course, have a bad experience because they've been fighting the whole time. You know, and that's what you don't need to do. Yeah. So, so when Alex says go online and do your research, he's talking about like reputable companies, reputable places. He's yeah. not saying to follow I sell cribs on IG yeah. and yeah. make fast cash. Yeah. Right. Which is what they do. Yeah. Like that is stay not, off that website. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a reputable source for information. Yeah. yeah. Like you can take what you want from it, but you have to take it with a grain of salt. Because I see a lot now, um, People talking about how you can buy a house with no money down, no credit, uh, no background check, no bank statements. I was like, "Are you stealing it?" Yeah. Because where it's the like, what hell are they verifying? Yeah. Where Nothing. the hell are you going to get the money or the financing to get this house if you're not getting anything checked? Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. So you know, ask questions and and be open to getting pushback. That's really what it, that's really what it comes because down to. Because it's not going to be easy. Buying a house, it never, we never said it was going to be easy. Yeah. It can be easier mm-hmm. if you follow what the loan officer and the realtor are telling you. Yeah. 
but it's not going to be like, okay, here's, here's your money and have a nice, no, you got to go through some stuff in order to get there. Of course. You know? <laughs> All right. So another thing that I want to talk about, uh, if either of you would be able to answer is we always hear about grants, mm-hmm. right? First time buyer, but grants, mm-hmm. uh, helping with closing costs. Um, how does how does somebody get those grants? How do you get that conversation started? Yeah, is it something you look into? Is it something that you look into? Um, and who is uh, who can get those grants? So I'll I'll speak to it first yeah. since no, Alex please. is a little biased. You know, he's a loan officer. Yeah, <laughs> I mean we 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 just love grants. <laughs> <laughs> so like number one, I'm going to say you should definitely do your own research. Like if you think you qualify for something, you should call up this company or organization, whoever's offering this grant and ask questions, make sure that you qualify uh, because a lot of those things are income based. Meaning if you make 60,000, the income cutoff is usually like around 56, 50,000, something like that. So you may not qualify. It's usually for people who are not making um, over $60,000. I've seen a lot of times. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of these places are pushing these grants and they're not all they're cracked up to be. Like, you know, they're offering you $5,000, $10,000, but really it's in the form of like a second loan or like a lien against the property. So you're getting this grant. They're supposedly going to give you $10,000, but you can't move out of the property for, let's say, 30 years or 10, 15 years, wow, something really? like that. Or you have to pay the money back if you sell it. Right. And, and so it's not a grant. It's not free money. Mm-hmm. You have to do something. You have to take classes and, and things like that. Um, they, the best the best thing that you can do, honestly, is make sure you have some savings. Like the grants are cool if you can get them. Um, they're not guaranteed. So you can go to the class, you can get your certification, and then you can still go to closing and not get the money. Um, so I wouldn't, say, I wouldn't say to bank on getting the grant, whatever. Um, save some money up. Make sure your credit is in order. And then come talk to me and let's see if I can negotiate you a better deal. Because what people don't know is there's something called seller's assist or seller's concession, right? So let's say we find a property. It's been on the market for a little bit, but you really like it. Your short funds or whatever. Um, what we can do sometimes, and I'm seeing this happen a lot right now, um, is we can negotiate with the owner of the property to basically give you money towards closing costs. So if you're if you're buying a house, it's $200,000. We can get you up to 6% if it's an FHA loan. Right. So that's 6% of $200,000 that's coming to your pocket for closing costs. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're saving yourself a ton of money and you don't have to wait 45, 60 days for this grant to may or maybe not come through. And it's, it's so much easier. And, and it's a tool a lot of people don't know about, um, but it's readily available. Now, it, it, it's not guaranteed either. Um, it's going to depend on the property, depends on the owner's situation. Sometimes people are underwater on their mortgage, so they need every dollar that they can possibly get. Um, but in that situation, we just reverse engineer the deal. Maybe we offer a little bit more. Maybe you pay like another five, ten dollars a month for the mortgage, but you're going to get five grand, ten grand, something mm-hmm. like that at towards closing costs. Mm-hmm. So that's usually what I say. Yeah. I mean, the grants are great if you fit that box, right? And most people don't, I hate to say. Yeah. Um, they think they do. Uh, but then once we get our hands on them and we put them into process, we figure, ah, oh, you don't fit it, right? Your debt to income ratio is too high. Yeah. Your credit score is not high enough. You, uh, you know, you haven't been on the, in the same line of work for two years, whatever it may be. So you make too much money, right? There are income limits on it. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that pop up on these grants that people don't realize. Like they see the TV saying that you can get ten or $15,000, but it's just really not that easy. But 
on the flip side, if you qualify, it's yeah. nice, yeah. right? You get it, sure. But I just think that he's right on the money, save a little money, you know, be able to uh, put a little bit of money down and then maybe try to negotiate a seller concession to help with the closing costs because that will be a lot smoother and quicker mm-hmm. if you're trying to close faster. If you absolutely need the grant, don't just go to the first loan officer who just says, yeah, 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 I can get you a grant. And they didn't even verify anything. Like yeah. they'll verbally tell you you're approved for the grant. No. <laughs> no one's verbally approved for anything. Yeah. We need all your documentation, tax returns, pay stubs, everything. And then they send it to an underwriter who reviewed it, and then they send it to the state and the state reviews it. And then they finally give the yes or the no. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, yeah sometimes it can push your settlement date out like 15, 20 days, sometimes right. 30. It really depends. And uh, on average, from the point that somebody comes to you mm. to buy a house versus closing, done, here's the keys, uh, best case scenario with no problems, mm-hmm. how long does that process normally take? <laughs> so, baby, if you got like 500000 in a bank, <laughs> we get you in there two weeks, you know, <laughs> pay cash. <laughs> Soon as the title comes cash back. Cash deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, that's nice. No, seriously, though, if you're paying cash um, and, and you come into a, a consultation with me, sign documents to find your house, I could literally get you in your house in two weeks. Like, once the title report comes back and says, oh, it's clears, no judgments, no debt, George is, is George and we can sell, perfectly fine. Um, but typically with a loan, we can do sometimes like three weeks, sometimes 30 days. It, it really depends. Um but I want to say I'm about average 45 days on average. Uh, and that's taken into account. Sometimes people don't really have the money or they need like a gift at the last minute, mm. which is essentially um, like a, a relative or a good friend, somebody giving you money towards closing costs that you don't have to pay back. Okay. Um, sometimes we find that needing to happen like mid transaction because it's going to cost a little bit more than you thought. You know, it, it shit happens. Yeah. Yeah. Typically 30 days is what we say. But he's right. If we can get the 45 days, it's nice just to make sure they mm-hmm. go smooth. But but I see a lot of these deals moving faster. Um, they don't accept offers unless it's a fast closing, <laughs> yeah. right? They act like it's a cash deal. Yeah. Right? So they're calling me saying, we got to close in two weeks and with a mortgage, which is not easy, can be done if you have all your ducks in a row and everybody's willing to move quick, yeah. right? So, But if not, typically if a realtor will call me and say, Alex, when do you think we can close? Because I'm writing the contract up today. 30 days. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. All right, so let's kind of switch it to I've had my house for whatever so years, and now I want to sell it. Yeah. Like, how, what's the process of selling a house? Uh, that's, it can be a little trickier when you're selling because um, it depends on the market, mm-hmm. right? You never want to sell in a situation where you're going to end up owing money. And uh, you have to know, this is the number one thing I tell people, is know what you owe. So you're going to get a, a statement or something from your mortgage. You can call and request a payoff. They're going to tell you how much you owe, and then we factor that in with your sale price. So if you owe $100,000, we're selling it for $150,000, yeah, you're going to you're gonna gross 50 k but then there's taxes and things that got to be paid out of that. So um, typically what happens is people call me and say, hey, I want to sell my house. I do a consultation, tell you different things that you can do to make the house's value increase. I'll tell you what the markets look like. How is how long it's potentially going to take to sell the property, and then we're going to figure out where you're going, because um, that I find is uh, was a roadblock for a lot of people during the pandemic. Like properties were flying off the shelves, literally you couldn't get any anybody into a house, and so people were selling their homes, but they were having to move into like rentals for six months to a year, 
in order for their property that they're going to move into mm-hmm. to become available. So figure out where you're going. If that's going to be a smooth transition, cool. We, I start to put together a marketing plan, list the property on the MLS or, you know, a lot of people will see it on Zillow because yeah. Zillow just pulls everything that we do. Yeah. Um, so, you know, people will get it, will get it exposed. Um, and I'll do, sometimes I'll do an open house depending on, where the property is or if I'm anticipating it being a, a really busy um, area for your house to sell, I'll do an open house so that way I can draw a lot of traffic into the property and get you multiple offers so that way we can try to get you the most money possible. Um, but it's usually easier from the seller side to sell a property. There's not a lot of work to be done. So usually when you're selling a property, the only thing you have to do is clear title meaning you have to show that the title company, you are who you say you are, and whatever debt or judgment you have against you can be paid from the money that you're going to potentially make from the property. And once we do that, you're pretty much just waiting for the buyer to finish all their mortgage documents. And that's really it. So, you know, from a realtor standpoint, you definitely want the bulk of your business to come from selling properties or listings because they take less work Mm -hmm. And you're not having to drive around the city or I just had to drive up to like Scranton the other day to show properties, which I'll never do again because that's an yeah, that's uh, a ride. <laughs> hour drive. Yeah, that's a ride. Contract. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah, so. These are the things that realtors have to do, though, yeah. you know, which people don't realize. Yeah. They got to drive four places and, you know, at all hours of the day and night, and that's not an easy an easy job. And money's not guaranteed. Right. Nothing's guaranteed. And the yeah. same thing with a loan officer. If we don't close, we don't get paid. If they don't close, they don't get paid. So everybody's in it for, you know, to, yeah. it's got to be worth your time because, you know, time is money, obviously. And uh, if you're serious, then and you got a guy like that who's aggressive, who's willing to make the ride, drive to Scranton for you. Mm-hmm. You got a good realtor. You know, so. Thank you, Alex. Yeah. And that, <laughs> and that's just not, I'm, I'm not BSing. I mean, it's all true. <laughs> If somebody that you know was like, "Hey, I want to sell this house," or maybe I'll rent it, like what, what, what would you steer them to do more? Sell the house or rent it? Uh, I think it honestly depends. So, if you're in a situation where you can keep the property and buy something else, then I'm going to tell you, like, you don't need to sell it. Rent it out. The the, the wonderful thing about real estate is like socks, like stocks. What's that socks? Wow. Yeah. I was going to say, like, socks. Yeah, you, they, get dirty. Like socks. <laughs> they get dirty. You got to wash them. Could you elaborate on that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've never heard that one before. Is that boot? Boot? No. Uh, but yeah, they like stocks. So they appreciate over time in most cases, uh, which means that the property becomes more valuable over time. So if you can keep it uh, for a later date, maybe you want to leverage it and refinance, pull money out of it, or sell it for more money down the road. Like that's usually what I tell people to do is keep the property. However, if you're looking to move, you need a bigger house, you have kids, or you're starting a family, whatever, um, and you need the cash from the property, sell it, take the money, buy something else. I I personally. I'm, you know, I buy property and I hold it to rent it because I am younger. Like I don't have a family or anything like that yet. So I can afford to play the game a little bit longer. Real estate is a long-term, long-term game. So, you know, I buy property, let it appreciate in different parts of the city, whatever. Um, and then later on when I have kids, if they want to go to college or something, 
I can borrow money with somebody like Alex, call a refinance or cash out refinance, um, and pay for my kids to go to school. So that way they don't have to go into student loan debt that they can't ever get out of. So you're the guy to go to for refinancing, as right? Well. Yeah. So it's so a cash out refinance, which is the big one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when the even it doesn't matter what the rates are, right? So people will say, well, the rates are really high right now. I might not want to refinance, but you might need cash out. Yeah. You know, so you don't care what the interest rate is because you need to pay for your kids' college. You need to, you know, uh, consolidate debt. You might have a lot of credit cards. Yeah. <laughs> you might have a, you know, a second mortgage that you have to pay off that's adjustable and the, and the payment keeps changing. So there's a lot of reasons why people do cash out refi, but, you know, we would we would help get that done, right? Mm-hmm. So we would look at your whole situation, go through your debts, see why you want to do it, make sure it makes sense, uh, you know, give you a new picture, try to consolidate everything to reduce all your monthly payments. And, and you're right, try to put your, your kid through college so that you don't, they're not burdened with, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of mortgages that I do, I see kids with student loans that are amazing high, right? So, <laughs> like, I just get blown away that, you know, they make good money, don't get me wrong, but they, they owe three, four, five hundred thousand dollars in student loan. That really kills you mm-hmm. when you're trying to buy a house, right? So, so if you can leverage an investment property or even your primary residence to pay that off and consolidate what you have, in a cash out refinance, it might be worth it. Yeah. You know, so when it comes to somebody who's purchasing a second house, is the process smoother? Is it just as long as you know? Second home is the same thing. Um, you need more money down, right? Okay. So you know, if you're buying an investment property, you usually typically need twenty percent down. Uh, if you're buying a second home, you typically like in a vacation home, maybe in the Poconos or down to shore, ten uh, percent down. Okay. So, so there's more skin in the game, uh, and it's the same process. Whether you're buying a primary residence, second home, or investment property, we're going to verify your pay stubs, your W two. I mean, you're going to go through the whole thing of of you know what you need to do to oh, get a mortgage. Good. Yeah, you said that this, the buying process is the same. Second house, you're going to ask for W two is a left leg and a kidney. Correct. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> have that available. <laughs> um, so to go back to like the renting thing, mm-hmm. and you guys were having a conversation before we started about like condos. Yeah. Why do you think people prefer to rent versus purchase a house? Is it just they don't want to deal with it? I'm curious to what you think, Alex. You know, it's a, that's a great question. Probably the best of the day because, you know, all day we try to tell people, why are you renting? You know, you should be buying, right? I mean, yesterday I had an application where the girl was paying 3000 a month in rent. Jesus. 3000 and I said, what, what, how could this be? Like, what are you doing? And she said, yeah, I just, uh, it's been comfortable here, right? I like the place. Uh, my parents really have been pressing me now to buy something because they see that I'm paying $3,000 a month in rent. So I just think a lot of people either are comfortable and they don't want to go through the process, yeah. right? They don't want us to, you know, go through their pay stubs and bank stubs or whatever it may be, right? So, uh, and also, I think there's a lot of realtors uh, that are, unfortunately on social media saying that the inventory is so bad that there's no houses out there to buy that it gets in these renters <laughs> heads, which, you know, I hate to, you got to be positive on social media. You can't be negative, yeah. right? You got to, you got to say that there's, there's, that there, you have a chance of getting a house. You got to make renters want to apply yeah. and want to move and not let them know all the negatives of what's going on because then they're not going to want to apply and they're not going to want to move. You know, so that's my take. Yeah. You know, a hundred percent that, like I have a have a guy uh, buys property year round, but he prefers to rent because he doesn't really like you know yeah. having the hassle of you know maintaining the house or whatever. Like 
but also he has other property that he can go and live in. Mm-hmm. So like like Alex said, sometimes they're just comfortable. Sometimes people are just aren't ready. Like I feel like buying buying a property, it's a big deal. It's a big step. And you shouldn't be the kind of person your finances is just whatever, your credit's just whatever. Something you like to, you know, party a little bit too hard. You know, maybe your life's not all the way together. Like you should be in a stable place yeah. when you go to buy property because it's a big deal. Like, and if you lose it, it'll set you back. Like for real, set you back like seven years to get the foreclosure off of your mm-hmm. credit mm-hmm. to be able to do anything else. And once you do that, you have amassed so much debt on yourself that you might not be able to rent after that. Yeah. So if you kind of just want to live your life and do your thing, you know, go ahead, keep renting. But if you're ready to build wealth and establish yourself and make sure that you don't get caught up in the rat race, you have to buy into property now because rent gets higher every year. Your mortgage stays the same for 30 years unless you decide to change yeah, it. Facts, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, fuck, I had a question and it just fucking, there it goes. What do I, um, Shocker. Right. Unbelievable. Uh, what are some of the biggest reasons that people get denied for a mortgage? Why do people come to come to Larry? Larry's like, all right, cool. I'm going to get you hooked up with my guy over here. Yeah. And then you say, nope, can't yeah. do it. What, yeah. What's going which, on there? Which we hate to do. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, that just doesn't, we don't get paid for that. But on the flip side, if you don't qualify, you don't qualify. So um, credit score, number That's one. That's big guy. That is it. Right. You got to have the credit. I, I don't care who you are. You can make 500000 a year, but if you have a, a 450 credit score, you're not getting a mortgage. I mean, it's just uh, really <clears throat> what it boils down to. So it's, it's credit absolutely number one. And then I think number two is debt-to-income ratio, right? You might have an 800 credit score, but you have three cars and, and six credit cards and, and, you know, debts everywhere that you're just to your eyeballs in debt. So you're not going to qualify. You're denied. I don't care how high your credit score is or how much money you're putting down. If you're over your head, the bank's not going to allow you to keep going in over your head. They're not going to say, hey, well, that's great that he's putting down 50% and he's got an 800 credit score. He's got you know 16 credit cards. So you want us to put a mortgage on top of that, that puts you in even a worse position. And they're not going to allow that because then it goes back to the housing disaster that we went through in, in 08. And you know, I, so. now that you talk about that, it kind of puts it into perspective that that's the lifestyle of a lot of people. Sure. They is. have, I want three cars. I have five credit cards. You know what I mean? They're just, they're not being responsible financially. And then it goes back to, fuck it. I'm just going to rent because I know that I'm not going to be able to get a mortgage. And you do the wheel all over yeah. again yeah. year after year. Yep. 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 Yeah. The, the debt, the debt ratio is a real, People don't realize it. Like they're like, you know, they they think that they got the credit score. So what do you care what kind of debt I have? But of course we care. <laughs> you know, I mean that's a, that's a that's a denial waiting to happen there. And, and my processor and me all day, literally work out debt to income ratios. Like, can we? What if he pays this off? What if he pays this down? Right? What if he? You know, what if he? Uh, what if we use bonus income that we didn't see that he's making? Get what if he has overtime that yeah. income we didn't see? Maybe his mom or dad can co-sign, and mm-hmm. maybe we can add them on to try to get the debt to income ratio down. Like, there's a lot of avenues a good loan officer will try to find a way yeah. to make the deal work instead of having it a denial. You know, so I do remember the question. Now that I remember it, I don't think it's as great as I thought. But <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> uh, what we hear a lot from, I guess, millennials, people my age, is the difficulty of affording a house, right? Like, I think now more than ever, like, is this like 
the cost of living is through the roof. Yep. Uh, is it smart now to pre-purchasing houses? I mean, all you see over the internet is that it's probably not a good time. Is that wrong? I think it depends. I think if you're the kind of person that's always worried about gloom and doom, yeah, it's always going to be the wrong time to, to buy a house. People have been talking about the housing market is going to collapse yeah, for the last yeah. three years. And newsflash for y'all, if the housing market does ever collapse again, uh, you're not going to be able to buy anything because there are millionaires and billionaires sitting around waiting for the same opportunity. So now you have 100 times the competition, whereas to right now, the housing market's stable. Like, interest rates have come back down. There's enough inventory. It's not as much as it's been in years past, but it's enough for people to be able to buy and live comfortably. So what you should do is see that... Uh, if you can afford the property that you want or it's something that's, you know, uh, fit for your needs, then you should absolutely buy because guess what? Rent's going up again next year mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you'll be stuck in the same cycle all over again. So instead of you putting that money towards a mortgage, which essentially you're paying yourself to own the property, mm-hmm. you're paying your landlord. I would tell people when you rent, you're doing one of two things. Either you're paying your mortgage or you're paying your landlord's mortgage and which one do you think makes more sense? Paying the landlord. (laughs) (laughs) I guess who you speak to. (laughs) Um, That's all the questions that I had. I think we kind of covered it. Well, I don't know if Larry had anything. I do do have a question for you, Alex. Uh So a lot of my business comes from single women. Single women. Okay. I and I looked this up. It's actually a stat that they're outpacing single men as you know homeowners. Why do you think that is? You know, that's a good question, man. Because we we (laughs) get a lot of that question. I mean, I you know that is that is um, you know they seem to have their their ducks in a row, right? They got the they got the credit scores. They save their money, right? They work um, W two jobs and not all this crazy you know self employed stuff, and and they. you know, they're, they're knowledgeable. They, they go on and, and read the right things and they're educated. Um, you know, it's, it's just a, not to put the men down. I mean, I got single uh, men borrowers too, but they're usually not as put together. They're usually all over the place. They don't know. I got to talk to their parents in order to, because they don't even, you know, they're, they're just all over. So I think that the single women, it's just a, you know, they, they've been brought up in this day and age to be a lot stronger, uh, and independent, you know, versus what they were 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, even when I started in mortgages in, in 99, you would never see a woman applying alone. It would always be the man or the woman mm-hmm. together yeah. or just the man. Like you wouldn't see now over the last 10 years, you're seeing a lot of women that just say, I don't need a guy. Yes. I could do it on my own, which yeah. is crazy, but yeah. but it's true. Yeah. I could do it on my own. I, believe, know, I mean, we've so. kind of had a small conversation about it. It's uh, It comes down to men really do things to build value from the sub or to create value for them yeah. for somebody else. Right. Yeah. So the only time a guy is going to want to buy a house or get a good car, and make all this money is I'm trying to peacock, right. I'm trying yeah. to get the, I'm trying <laughs> yeah. to get the ladies to check me out. Right. Um, if I'm not worried about that, why am I buying a house? If you know what I mean? I'm just going to do my thing. Men are pretty simple. I just want a, a small space with my TV and my PlayStation. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, but women, you know, they, they, want things they need the space yeah. right and if they've come into the day and age where they're like i could just do that myself 
they're going to do it themselves. Uh-huh. Men don't have that drive to do shit for themselves. We do things for other people. That's what we do. But for ourselves, it's very minimalistic. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And a lot of the jobs that I'm seeing for, that women have, they're in power, man. They're making more money than the men, yeah. you know, with the, a lot of these executive jobs and, you know, investment jobs and banking jobs. And, you know, even loan officers that are women are doing really well yeah. in this market, you know, in, in a tough market. They're grinding harder than the guys. Like you'll see the guys in the office complaining, saying, "Oh, this sucks, and I hate this, and you know that, that's market's terrible, and I'm going to quit." Meanwhile, the woman's grinding. Mm-hmm. She's going to an open house and getting clients. She's meeting with realtors for lunches. She's taking them out to wherever. She's uh, doing uh, educational events. I mean, they're they're more focused, I think, uh, in this day and age. Yeah. You know, you so, know it's funny. Yeah. I'll, I'll speak to that because I th- I think I see the same thing um, from the realtor standpoint. Like. I see a lot of like women who are realtors killing it, right? And it's because they're more social, right? Yeah. Or they're at least they're more encouraged to be social. Like so in a sales position, who you know, your network is everything. Oh yeah. It's everything. Yeah. And that's literally what they do from the time they're little girls is they make friends. They talk to people, they go on Instagram, they post, they selfie themselves to death. So, yeah, they're, they have no problem going out for lunch and sitting with you because they do it all day long anyway. Yeah. And, you know, like, it's funny, um, you know, we, George and I, yeah, jokes on you. We told you his name was Jose. It's actually yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We were in the car. That's all right. I was like, I was like so let my name's Jose. Larry's like, I'm not going along with this. We get out of the car. He goes, this is Jose. Jose. <laughs> and, of course, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah nice to meet you. Because well, how would I know anybody yeah. never runs? Such a stupid joke that has no meaning behind it. Because why do you care? That's true. It's like, I, what am I going to say? No, his name's George. <laughs> <laughs> I know his name's George. It's yeah. not Jose. <laughs> uh, but, no, so, uh, yeah, I, I think um, the whole reason we started this podcast was to be able to help Guys like us, you know, 25 to 40 something, you know, people in that, that age range where they're still trying to figure things out. Right. And so, like, what I'll say to what I'll say to this point uh, about women outpacing uh, men as well, single women um, outpacing men in a, in a home buying area is you have to understand that in order to create value in a grand scheme of things, you have to be able to provide. Right. That's what men are supposed to do. They're providers, they're protectors, things like that. You can't provide your your offspring with a rental. Like when you die, they can inherit your debt. They can't inherit that that rental property. Your name's on that lease. They're they're kicking everybody out. But you can leave your you can leave your house to your kid. You know what I mean? Or you know you got a sick grandmom, sick mom, whatever. You can buy a house, move them in with you, and now they have somewhere they can recover, get back on their feet. Like if if you're somebody, you're always building yourself up to do things for other people then buying real estate is one of the best things that you can do because it can be used for a multiple, you know, multiple uses. You can run your business out of it. You can, you know, house orphan pets and adopted kids, whatever it is you'd want to do. Like real estate will allow you to do it. So, you know, put more money into that, less into the strip clubs. And uh, well, don't get crazy. I'll get crazy. Yeah, yeah, I'll get strip clubs into it, right? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's it, man. Uh, 
Alex, I appreciate you coming no, on listen, today. No, I'm, listen, I'm really appreciate you guys having yeah. me. Mm-hmm. It's nice to be able to uh, talk on the mortgage side. I think a lot of people don't know the stuff that we covered today. Yep. So uh, I'm glad that I got the opportunity to get some of this stuff out. Hopefully, uh, some people actually listen to it, yeah, you know, and not just uh, blow through it and say, oh, you know, but this is, uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So, I mean, I appreciate you too, Larry, coming on today and talking about your real estate thing that you do. That I have yeah, a yeah. choice. <laughs> <laughs> that job you call real estate. Right. <laughs> that I have a choice. <laughs> that, that little hobby of yours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this uh, is my this is my main job, yeah. right? <laughs> no, but yeah, definitely. I th- I think the conversation because a lot of what it is is uh, especially for this show is I don't know a lot of stuff when it comes to like we finance know. and right. Business, right. We know. So Larry, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is to bring people on who can provide that information. Right. And so do appreciate you coming on and providing that yeah. knowledge and the little bit of knowledge that Larry also shared. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think by the end of it, you became Batman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Robin. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. They can switch roles, I guess. It's right. Right. Uh, but no, I had a lot of fun. A lot of yeah. the information dropped. I hope, like you said, people listen in because um, people need to learn how to better themselves. Yeah. They don't take the time to do that. They'd rather hang out and watch stupid TikToks, laugh a little bit, right? Uh, but self-improvement is, is a must. Yeah. Um, and to go into a situation of flying blind, yeah. like you should know what the house buying process is, especially if you're in your 25s, 30s, 40s, and you don't know what the process is to buy a house, kind of, you got to start working on that. Yeah. You know? so. I agree. You'll get the invoice. Thank you, sir. <laughs> All good stuff. Appreciate it. This yeah. was a great episode. Larry, look at that camera right there and say what you need to say. Plug your plug your uh, your re- real estate thing and your Instagram. Go ahead. Shut the hell up. All right. This is the Man Cave Podcast. <laughs> we thank y'all for listening and watching whatever it is that you do. This is George. That's Larry. Mm-hmm. See y'all later. Peace. Bye.